0: From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap perry Perhaps the best way to set up today's show is to tell you where we are. I'm standing at Cafe Mercantile in Ogden, Utah, a coffee house where they not only sell flavorful hot cocoa, Italian soda, steamers, and more, but also art and merchandise made right here in the neighborhood. They call it the friendly neighborhood coffee shop with an old time feel. The shop is also home to Lavender Kitchen, a plant based bakery catering beautiful pastries for the show. Uh, We sure wish we could share those with you. We're also enjoying the company of a live audience here in the venue. Here they are, audience. (laughs) our live audience and some great players. We're here for snacks, also for music. Cafe Mercantile is home this hour to music from Ogden's Next Ensemble, a group of musicians that makes a mission of bringing chamber compositions to venues just like this one. On today's show, we'll feature new works from three area composers, Crystal Young Otterstrom, Kerry Campbell, and Jay Taylor Arnold. The pieces contemplate the connection between great speeches and great music, which means you'll hear not only from great musicians, you'll also hear great words of people like Martin Luther King Jr., Carl Sagan, and Charlie Chaplin. We'll start by introducing the virtuosity of some of the players in the ensemble with a pair of pieces that were new, almost exactly 300 years ago two pieces by J.S. Bach beginning with the prelude from suite number one for solo cello in G major here's your twist instead of hearing it on the cello you'll hear Ryan Bell on the bass here's Ryan live on highway 89 This is Highway 89 coming to you live from Cafe Mercantile on Washington Boulevard in Ogden. We've just heard Suite number 1 for solo cello in G major by Bach performed by Ryan Bell on the bass. Carrie Campbell Hi. is one of our composers, Carrie, thank you for being here. Give us a little introduction to the group of performers we'll hear from during this hour.
1: Sure, we will be hearing um from Gabe Gordon on violin, Ryan Bell on bass, and we'll hear from Amir Jackson on uh, a spoken word, um, and then we'll have a couple of uh, electronic pieces as well, or pieces that incorporate electronics. Um, we are Next Ensemble, we're a chamber music sort of collective in the Ogden area.
0: And you have kind of an interesting take because you love being in venues like this, which yes. is not your typical concert
1: hall. Tell me why. <laughs> I, I get really tired of um, going to classical music concerts and seeing people look uncomfortable. Uh, I get tired of seeing the performers look uncomfortable, and I get tired of seeing <laughs> the audiences look uncomfortable.
0: Uh, is that because no, no one knows, do we clap, do we not clap? What it, do yeah, we and, it, and
1: it, goes be, it goes beyond that. Uh, hmm. there's, there's this idea that, that classical music is only for certain people hmm. in certain places, dressed a certain way, who know certain things. And I would love to tear that apart. Um, I think that this music can be for everyone.
0: And you've probably seen that. Have you surprised some folks who thought, who are these people and what are they doing to my cafe? And then discovered some music they really loved.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We had a bouncer at one of our other venues who, uh, who absolutely <laughs> adored opera. And we had a singer and he was happy. <laughs> Maybe for the first
0: time. Who Maybe, knows?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: Well, we are excited to hear some more music, so tell me about this next piece.
1: Well, the next piece is also by Bach, and one might wonder sort of what is Bach doing on a concert about music and rhetoric, but J.S. Bach's first biographer, his name was Johann Forkel, um, back in like 1890 or something, uh, called Bach the greatest musical poet and the greatest musical speaker in musical history. Well, what exactly is a musical poet? What's a musical speaker? Well, Forkel was talking about rhetoric. He was talking about um, the fact that in Bach's time, the 18th century, rhetoric was still part of general education, grouped alongside like grammar and logic. And the study in Bach's Germany uh, deviated a little bit from the ancient Greek formulation, but uh, the core idea remained. There there were four, four stages to rhetoric. Collecting or finding material, orderly arrangement of that material, use of the right words and sort of emotional decorative gestures, and then impactful delivery. And I think that in music, we do all of those things. Yeah. In composing, we do all of those things. We we collect material. We figure out how to arrange that material um, so that it has the most emotional appeal. We we make sure that we do the right words, and we focus on delivery. You know, rhetoric is really about not only convincing people of an argument and appealing to logic, but also appealing to emotion. And J.S. Bach in, in this case is sort of bringing all of that together.
0: Absolutely. This next piece definitely does. We're going to hear, as you mentioned, we'll be hearing the sonata number one for solo violin in G minor, the Adagio by Bach, performed by Gabriel Gordon on Highway 89. We've just heard Sonata Number 1 for solo violin in G minor, the Adagio by Bach, performed by Gabriel Gordon. We are live at Cafe Mercantile, and you can hear maybe our audience eating pastries, staff cleaning the kitchen, the occasional souped-up car driving by. That is all music to our ears because we are here in this unique environment to try chamber music in something a little less formal than the concert hall. I'm with Crystal Young-Otterstrom, who is definitely an arts mover and shaker. Thank you for so many reasons for being here with us, what you do in the state. Uh, We're going to feature three composers who are actually here in the room. They will hear their works performed here tonight. And the first, Crystal, tell us what's exciting about working with the next ensemble. You're kind of in a collaboration, you're on loan from the Salty Cricket Composers Collective.
2: Yes. um, Well, first, I want to thank Next Ensemble for being such a great partner to work with. Uh, The musicians, Gabe and Ryan have just done an incredible job on my piece, and I'm just loving it. But yeah, this piece is a, a co-commission of sorts. Um, Salty Cricket Composers Collective, of which I'm the co-founder, uh, we celebrated our 10th anniversary last year, and uh, Salty Cricket believes that music can change people, and people can change music. And so they offer innovative music education opportunities to the El Sistema Program at Jackson Elementary and Wallace Stegner Academy, and then we champion the music of Utah composers and so for the 10th anniversary they picked 10 ensembles who picked 10 composers to commission a piece and the ensembles actually picked the composers and so I was very honored to be chosen <laughs> by next ensemble and uh, um, the piece itself is a collaboration in so many ways um, one of my MO's as a composer is I, you know, some, some composers get really into, let's mark every articulation and control every aspect of this piece. And and for me, composition is a collaborative process. And and so I, I, I knew I wanted to write for these two. I'd heard them play, they were incredible. Um, I always had this dream of, of doing something with spoken word, with poetry, with rap. And and so I reached out to my friend Amir over here, who you're gonna talk to in a minute, um, who's also based up here in Ogden. And I said, Amir, what if we collaborated on this piece? And Amir serves on my board at Utah Culture Alliance, where I work, and uh, he said yes, and I was so thrilled.
0: So how would you describe, just in, in a line or two, the elevator pitch, what is five?
2: Well, I always hate program notes because I feel like if the music can't speak for itself, (laughs) it's not doing its job. But but what I will say is Amir's text um, really deals with race. It deals with um, uh, kind of based on some inspirational speeches of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And while it has this optimistic overtone to it of unity and working together to better our world, there's there's also kind of this subtext of, of anger to it, of of demanding a space at the table, of saying now it's our turn for equality. And I, I really latched onto that and into the music itself, and because I don't write pretty music. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I really latched onto that.
0: Very good. We've been speaking with Crystal Otterstrom Young, the musicians in place. We're about to hear five. Performed by Ryan Bell on bass, Gabriel Gordon on violin, and Amir Jackson with spoken word elements. On location at Cafe Mercantile on Highway 89.
3: Today, I challenge each of us to stand up, stand together, stand now. Stand up, not only symbolically, but also through action. Stand up and be the example of love, understanding, and acceptance. Realizing that it is hate, negativity, and ignorance that is the festering sore on our society. Let us stand up. Stand together. Stand now. Stand together in solidarity that one life is equally as valuable as another. Stand together, raised hand and raised hand, regardless of any and all backgrounds, as a demonstration for the community, society, the nation, and the world, so all may see what it truly means to be one made of many, what it truly means to be indivisible, what it truly means to have justice for all. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had an intimate understanding of this. It was he who said, whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. This is the interrelated structure of reality. If we truly embrace this belief, Others will inevitably follow. It is upon us, each of us here today, to lead. Let us stand up, stand together, stand now. Stand now if for no other reason than the reason standing tomorrow just may be too late. A positive proactive investment today, right now, lessens the need for a negative reactive investment later. Let us stand up. Stand together. Stand now. And when we do so The hope that each of us here have today will become a tangible reality. And we will truly honor the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. It is our turn, ladies and gentlemen, and we cannot ask for permission. No, justice must be our demand. We cannot pick and choose. No, this is not a negotiation. We want all of the justice. We want all of the rights afforded to anyone, afforded to everyone. This cannot be a request. No, this must be our demand. It is our turn. This task is much too big and much too important to ignore. We are living in a state that prides itself on the pioneers that settled the land this very building sits upon and the railroads that made Ogden a thriving city. Well, let me tell you something about that railroad you may already know. When the railroad came to the Rocky Mountains, it was much too high to go over it. They couldn't go under and it was much too wide to go around. So, what did they do? They had to blast their way through the mountain. Hatred and injustice is a mountain that we cannot go around, over, or under. We must blast our way through. One of the greatest lessons Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. left us with was the example that whatever seems overwhelmingly impossible is possible. Through hope, belief, courage, action, sacrifice, and most importantly, unity and togetherness. Not one of our five fingers separately is as powerful as all five joined together. The civil rights movement led by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was one of the greatest movements in the history of the world. When I look at some of the documentary videos and photos, I see a beautiful thing. I see people of all colors. I see people of all religions. I see people of all genders marching together, fighting together. I will leave you with this. Sometimes we may feel that hatred and the evil and ugliness of the world is winning. Do not become discouraged, my friends. It is not. It is just loud. We must be louder. That does not mean we must yell. Sometimes that is necessary. But even louder than any voice is our actions. Through our intentional actions, we must be louder. It is our turn.
0: We've been listening to Five by Crystal Young-Otterstrom. Coincidentally, uh, the Nation's Railroad was connected not many miles from here 150 years ago this year. Yes, sir. A little extra connection there. Uh, Speaking with Amir Jackson, who was adding the vocal element, how did you get to be involved with the next ensemble? Crystal
3: mentioned that she knew you, but did she know you as a performer? Um, no. I I became involved with the next ensemble. We actually have worked on a couple of projects ourselves um, here in Ogden. And Crystal and I know each other through um, the UCA, I'm a part of the board. Um, I'm somewhat of a, I don't know, a performer in life, I guess? So maybe she just (laughs) thought that I would be able to do this? I'm not sure. (laughs) She
0: knew knew it was in there. Let me ask you, these lines would be powerful, just spoken. What do you feel when you have the instruments
3: adding to that? Um, I think there's, it, it certainly adds a dramatic feel to it. Um, to be honest with you, we practiced for the first time together just this week. And it was like hearing it for the first time. Mm. Um, to be honest with you, I've, I wrote this uh, about a year ago. And I heard it anew a couple of days ago. So it certainly adds a different appeal, a different characteristic that I, I actually enjoy. Nice. We're going to hear some more music.
0: Tell us about what we're going to hear next. The title is pretty interesting BB Wolf. And uh, I'm Carrie, I think this is you. And uh, we're assuming this stands for Big Bad.
1: This next work is in defense of the Big Bad Wolf, okay. who has perhaps gotten a bad rap. Throughout the Much Maligned. The much maligned <laughs> Big Bad Wolf.
0: All right. We're going to hear that tune now from Gabriel Gordon on violin. Ryan Bell on bass. This time Carrie Campbell doing the spoken word at the microphone. Here is BB Wolf by Jonathan Deek on location. Highway 89.
1: Ladies and gentlemen of the jury on trial tonight. Is my client B. B. Wolf, Mr. Wolf, is the true victim here? He suffers from species profiling. We have heard plaintiff testimony already from this girl with the red hood. Uh, we've heard from three different pigs and some obnoxious Russian boy named Peter. It's time to set the record straight about my noble defendant B.B. Wolf. Understood, hunted down like a criminal. He doesn't hate pigs. Pigs, we admit it. But we reject the onus with which society attempts to burden him. When he sees a pig, he has to chase it. It's in his nature. It has to be. The pig, however, shares the same compulsion. When he sees a wolf, he has to flee. express their own essence. It's symbiotic. It's he and thee. Their social intercourse is predetermined. To run together, wolf chase, pig flee. Consider for a moment why a wolf will pull your sled. A wolf will help control the rabbit population. A wolf will suckle your founding father of a major city. After all, what is man's best friend? A dog! Right, a a domesticated wolf. frontier representing the best of America why is he so hated and even hunted from airplanes Love the wolf. Let me tell you, ain't nobody love no wolf. That's the truth. People people shooting at them, big guns. Nobody loves a wolf.
4: I mean,
1: we're talking persecution. Like, even the word is an insult. Take some 1940s cat in a zoot suit. Cigarette dropping out of his mouth. Hat pulled down over his eyes. You know, you know what I mean. Hey, baby, what you doing tonight? You wolf! See what I mean? No. No. No, no, no. The wolf's true nature is that of a poet. In darkness, they gather at the altar of Diana. They sing sonnets to the moon. This is their gift. Ladies and gentlemen, I rest my case.
0: We've just heard B.B. Wolf. We heard a performance uh, on bass from Ryan Bell and Kerry Campbell. Uh, Kerry, thank you for your fine lupine musings there. Uh, We're going to hear one of your compositions now. Take off your artistic director's hat for just a minute, put on your composer's hat. Tell us about PBD-19.
1: PBD-19 stands for Pale Blue Dot 19, as in 2019. Uh, The references to Carl Sagan's uh, photograph that he asked NASA to take of uh, the planet Earth from 3.7 billion miles away.
0: So he actually requested that, that was not just an accident.
1: Right, Voyager 1 was on its way out, like it was done with the mission and was going on to the next mission. And Carl Sagan requested that they turn around and take one last photograph. And in that photograph, the Earth... Appears tiny, tiny, tiny. There's 640,000 individual pixels that make up that particular photograph. The Earth takes up less than one pixel, mm. and uh, Carl Sagan meditates in his his speeches about the the pale blue dot, kind of our place in the universe and he admits our sort of small place in the universe which at the same time encourages us to be kind to one another and to be kind to this place that we have because right now there's nowhere else that we can go there's nowhere else that we can start a new society not yet and to me that's Both an inspiring message and a kind of soul-crushing message Like we have to do the right thing or else and so hearing Carl Sagan talk about that um, I Wanted to use in my piece. It's a it's a fixed media piece. So there's no live element Um, and in my piece I wanted to take Carl Sagan's voice as the source material for all the sounds that you'll hear. Um, So even though it's not everything is recognizable as his voice, uh, everything has been taken from Carl Sagan's speech, manipulated, uh, and used to then accompany himself.
0: Nice. We're going to hear this composition now by Kerry Campbell, PBD19, consisting entirely of recorded media, as, as Kerry mentioned, all taken from Carl Sagan's voice. We're happy to bring it to you on Highway 89.
5: Every hero and power, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader. Every saint and in the history of our century lived there in a load of dust suspended in the sun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: That really is a lot of people. That really is a lot of people. If
5: everything is a lot of people, I just read everything. And when this is a shot, I just read everything. I just read everything. I The Earth is a how very they small to kill stage how in a vast so cosmic earth. arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors, so that in glory and triumph they can become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent how their themselves are, how eager they are to kill one another, how, are how, one of another. Earth. how fervent how their hatred, how eager they are. Our how they are to kill one another, our posturing, our imagined Think self-importance. The delusion that we have been privileged to position in the universe are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. Like it or not, for the moment, the Earth is where we make our stand. How here they are to kill one another. How for the Earth? How here they are. How here they are to kill one another the rivers of blood spilled by all the nations, out here they are to kill one another. How fervent the earth? How here they are. Out here they are to kill one another. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all the things. Out here they are to kill one another. How fervent their hatred! It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known.
0: on Highway 89, coming to you from Cafe Mercantile in Ogden, Utah, PBD 19, pale blue dot 19, we just heard, assembled, created, composed by Kerry Campbell. It's rare to have three composers all together in the same room with their work being performed. We've heard from Crystal young Otterstrom, Kerry Campbell. We're about to feature one more original work by a composer also in the room, Taylor Arnold. Taylor, thank you for coming in.
6: Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh,
0: maybe this is common to every composer, but what what is it like for you to create something in your head and then be there when people actually create it again?
6: Oh, uh, that's like the best part. That's like the composer, that's what you live for, is the live performance aspect of it. It's fantastic. Um, also slight nerves with that as well, you know. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's great. Do, do you usually do. think,
0: oh, I got that right? Or do you sometimes think, oh, I was worried about that part?
6: Oh, certainly both. Yeah. A lot of the times you'll get the spots where you were nervous for and you're like, oh, that came across really well. And then other parts, for sure, you're sometimes like, oh, yeah, I could have, could have executed that in a different way that may, may have been more effective. And for are sure. you
0: surprised sometimes by what the performers bring? Do you make changes because of what you hear them do?
6: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, like was said earlier, it's, you know, composing is a very collaborative process. Um, so, you know, I come from bassoon. And that's my main instrument. And so writing for string, you know, you can learn a lot from the players and things that you perhaps want to do, they can show you a way to do that um, even better or Mm. easier or more idiomatic. So yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, The piece we're going to hear features both live and recorded elements. So uh, talk to us about this, You Are Not Machines.
6: Um, Yeah, so You Are Not Machines, Um, the recorded element comes from the great dictator speech um, from Charlie Chaplin. Um, and you are not machines is one of the lines that he says in the uh, short clip that we'll hear, and it kind of means it's kind of referring to the players that are playing very machine-like, very fast. The piece sounds very fragile, like as if it might fall apart at any moment. Um, so it's kind of a play on that. Um, but it was it was it was challenging um, because it's such a short. It's three and a half minutes. Um, so it, you know how do you execute an idea that's effective? Um, on such an inspirational speech uh, you know what can you do when the speech alone says is so powerful so how did you pick this and what made you
0: think I hear music in this
6: Um, so uh, as part of like commission process you Mm -hmm. are assigned things and that was part of the assigned process was Uh this is what we want you to compose for is this video clip so then as the composer I take that and I say what does it mean to me Um, And at first, it was inspirational, and I wrote very pretty music that was very polyrhythmic and that floated and almost sounded like a soundtrack. And then I just grew frustrated that I didn't find it inspiring anymore. Like, it it sounds like it could have been written yesterday, but it was written 50 years ago. And I was just frustrated that this message just is not sinking into humanity. And I just grew tired of all this tribalistic rhetoric. Um, And so the piece turned into something that was almost angry and violent at times. Um, juxtaposed with an inspiring speech in this what I've chosen to do with the instruments is show the world as is that needs to change. And it's very fast and fragile and the performers can't keep it up for more than about four minutes, which is the length of the piece. <laughs> and and that's important because we can't keep, you know, the the rhetoric that we're saying currently either. Like it's it's going to fall apart soon and we need to and we need to hear the message and listen to it.
0: We're about to hear that piece. Ryan Bell bass, Gabriel Gordon violin with the great Charlie Chaplin thrown in, recorded for good measure. Here is You Are Not Machines, coming to you live from Cafe Mercantile on Highway 89. beautifully performed. We've just heard You Are Not Machines by J. Taylor Arnold. We heard Ryan Bell and Gabriel Gordon with the bass, the violin. Interesting to hear the bass with that final plaintive high note there. We've been coming to you live. What a pleasure to be on location at Cafe Mercantile in Ogden, Utah. You can find Café Mercantile.com online and be sure you spell cafe K-A-F-F-E. We've been hearing from the next ensemble. Today, made up of Gabriel Gordon on violin, Ryan Bell on bass, and Amir Jackson, Kerry Campbell with spoken word elements. Some of the pieces we've heard have been composed by people right here in the room Kerry Campbell, Crystal Young Otterstrom, and Jay Taylor Arnold. So much fun to have them all together on location. And let's not forget our very warm live audience. <laughs> If you just caught part of the show, you'd like to hear the beginning, hear it again, share it with a friend. It's easy to do. All of our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org slash highway89. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite. Our producer is Sam Payne. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening.